0: Welcome back to Edgework on the Hammer Betting Network, a daily live NHL show, Monday through Friday, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time. You can find us on YouTube at Edgework. You can find us on Twitter at Edgework Show. And if you want to track all of the bets that we make on this show in real time, you want to see them after, you want to see how they're performing, you can go to the BetStamp app, you can click on Find Betters, and you'll find us there as Edgework as well, I believe right now. Uh, on the year up 7.6 units 2.8 percent roi so i mean we are rocking along right there but things might uh, take a turn for the worst here because matt guess who's back back again it is mr world cup himself alex moretta welcome back to the show
1: I appreciate you guys uh, getting that ROI up for me so I could, you know, have a little leeway to lose some bets over the next few weeks.
2: Alex, I can't believe you're here, man. I, like, there's got to be some elite league Kazakh soccer that you need to be watching right now. So. <laughs> there is. There is.
1: You got to monitor it on the screen. That's the best you can do at this point. Okay, good. Good enough. Well, glad.
0: To what have was you that league about. called that, like, took a dive? Wasn't it? Was it the Super League? Is that what it was called? Do you know what uh, I'm talking
1: about? The, the uh likes was like to be all the best, all the, all the champions, yeah. like they're all the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's
2: that's too high end for Barretto. He wants to get that's... deep into the Belarusian. I need, I need to win. be in the weeds.
1: Get me in the weeds. Let's yeah. talk about some Dynamo Minsk. Yeah, if
2: the <laughs> Colombian premiership is <isn't> yeah. <laughs> on the screen somewhere. What are we
0: doing with our lives? Well uh before we even actually get into any specific hockey stuff i do have a question for you guys i was listening to uh i was listening to something yesterday and it was a well-known hockey person that came on and they were started talking about something and i could not believe that they were so outspoken about it they were saying that the the hockey song by stomp and tom connors they hated the song and i need to know your guys thoughts on it because i was shocked I grew up with like, that is the song that is the hockey song in terms of like hockey specific. Like there's obviously songs that are well associated with it or parts that grew up or we all grew up with, but the hockey song by Stompin' Tom, I I found that hard to hate.
1: You have to hate life to hate that song. (laughs) I I got to tell you, not a
0: fan.
2: Oh, not a fan. There we go. I expect more out of us as a hockey community than the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game.
1: it's like like, it's the nostalgia (laughs) though right yeah like being in a rink when you're a kid and like that you used to just love that song and you know it was played every every rink you were at like across ontario and and now like now we're supposed to hate that do we hate our childhoods hate is as it always is a strong word
2: but it's an objectively bad song so if like i didn't hear the the gentleman talk about it uh i didn't hear the context for it uh but i imagine you know i'd like to think they were doing so with a critical ear and uh, honestly, it's just not a very good song. it's It's nostalgic in the same way, a lot of stuff, especially around this time of year, is nostalgic to young people and people who still want to be young. But by and large, <laughs> like the stuff that's going on right now at this time of year,
1: it's pretty much all bullshit. Honestly, Zach, I thought you were gonna I thought you were gonna say that, this person said it was like offensive or shouldn't be played for some reason no, no i have a bigger oh, problem okay. with yes. that. here I we go. a bigger no. problem with that. am i about <laughs> to get canceled at 10 30 on a tuesday yeah. bring it no, on we
2: can't we're not canceling that song we're just objectively <laughs> looking at it like a song that it is which is not a good song
0: yeah no 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 that did not happen i would have i would have had a much larger problem if that was the case now, you never
2: um, know if we up finding days. out if we end up finding out that stomping Tom Connors was actually stomping like women and children, then yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> well, <be>. yeah. <laughs> if, 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 as long as stomping is more of like a, you know, hoedown type of a, you know, term that he's, he's used. I don't know. I haven't gone to the Wikipedia for Stompin' Tom Connors. It's been a while since I've spun
0: through I uh, I haven't read his, uh, his autobiography just yet. Maybe I'll get it for Christmas. <laughs> yeah. And Jules in the chat here saying, imagine hating that song. Couldn't be me. Yeah, there you go but and if people do want to participate in the show you want to leave comments ask questions make sure to head over to the youtube that is where we will see them we won't be able to see them on twitter unfortunately so make sure to go over to our youtube click subscribe like this stream you can turn on notifications as well so that you get notified every single time that we go live there's a ton of hockey on tonight so actual games that we can get into we can break a lot of those down give our best bets on this show um and, yeah, yesterday, uh, I mean, hey, there you go. Like, I'm not going to brag about it, but Derek Lamb coming back. I gave out Hyman and Malkin any time goal uh, yesterday. So that's, that's what you're getting on this show, guys. Like, that's what we're looking for here. Since <laughs> winners. this is
2: not canceled in the Phillips <laughs> <No>.
0: household. <laughs> no. Um, but one game that is definitely going to be uh, on A big talking point here for multiple reasons is going to be the Leafs-Ducks game. I know Moretto is uh, either dreading this one or extremely excited. I'm not really sure which. And Mitch Marner has an opportunity to make this 23 consecutive games with a point. The Leafs can extend this to a team franchise, 15 games consecutive with a point here. But this is the classic Toronto Maple Leafs don't look spot. They currently are sitting against uh Anaheim plus, uh, minus 439 I was seeing best odds on the bet stamp app Anaheim plus 400 in this game. This is in Toronto. Obviously the Leafs are on a roll. Anaheim last place in the NHL. Not a very good team, but uh Moreto, what, what are your thoughts here going into this one?
1: Is Mitch Marner on a point streak? I didn't no one no one has mentioned that. It hasn't been talked about. Just the about greatest
0: all. point streak of all time. I didn't
1: I didn't even realize that I People should talk more about that in the media then. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's him, um, but, and yeah. him and Giroux. Yeah. Tim and Giroux are on the, on the same point streak, I believe. <laughs> um, so obviously I've been gone for a couple of weeks. Last time I was on this show was November 22nd. The Leafs were 10-5-5. I go away for two weeks to honor my World Cup duties, honor my country. And uh, the Leafs are 8-0-1 since then. So I have returned to restore order to the world. And I think there is no better time to do that than with the Leafs in the classic, you know, minus 500 favorite spot. Um, You know, the Ducks have been awful. Obviously the Leafs are deserving of a a high price tag this high. I'm not so sure you can get like some, you know, plus two and a half at like close to even money on the Ducks. Kind of a great bet in my opinion, like plus 160 on plus one and a half kind of love that. Don't hate tickling the money line too. Um, Look, the Ducks have made you know winning a game in regulation look harder than winning a cup. So credit to them for that. That's pretty <laughs> impressive. Uh, but God, do we love to fade the Leafs in these situations. But uh, talking about the Leafs, Zach, this is to you here. I mean, I need to know what is different about the Leafs this year. Because in my opinion, blue line has gotten worse. Up front, they basically replaced like Mikheyev, Kasse, uh, Spezza with like Kroc, Malgan, <clears throat> and Aston Reese. Um, mm-hmm. everyone told me his name was Gino Malgin. I, I, well, I'm, I'm shocked at how little he's contributed considering that nickname. Um, I was also told that Nick Robertson would solve all their depth scoring issues. And then he scored twice in that first game. Uh, there was talk of him being a superstar. I mean, I heard he was better than Caulfield at points. I'm not sure. And then he hasn't scored since now he's hurt again, which I think is weird because I thought he would have gotten all his injuries out of the way the last few years. I was told that like, once you get hurt a lot, you're normally, you know, in the clear. So that's, stunning um and you know then we want to talk about goaltending like there seems to be some sort of short memory for Leafs fans but I remember you know vividly this time last season Jack Campbell was being discussed as like one of the best goalies in the league there was talk of a Vesna campaign and now we're kind of replicating that same storyline with Matt Murray that short memory has kind of you know you know how things tailed off with Campbell and now you know Murray I mean I think just like Robertson, he's got all his injuries out of the way the last few years, so he should be healthy. I don't think there's any reason to think that he'll get hurt or or drop off at any point the rest of the season. Um, I'm sure all these loyal East fans and you know Dubas fans who are praising what he's done with the goaltending right now won't be calling for his head when it all goes to shit later this year or in the playoffs. Uh, but like, I mean, okay, we know how like biased Leafs fans can be and how you know reactionary they can be. Zach, I know you are very objective and you can look at this in a real way. So I need to ask you. For real how is this team better than last year's
0: team uh first things first I just want to say on the Nick Robertson front there (laughs) I I from the beginning before the season even started came out and was just like this is not the piece that people think he is uh like I'm not I don't want to just like round of applause to myself but like genuinely just watching that player like I I didn't see the hype like I just did I just couldn't find it myself where he was being talked about like he's this guy who's going to come in and score 61 goals and beat Matthews from last year. I was like, that's, it's not like, that's not the guy. Um, but as far as why this team is better than last year, I think one thing is for sure. And it's going to sound a little bit cheesy and I get that, but I think we're seeing a buy-in to playing better all around hockey from the three guys of Marner, Nylander, and Matthews. John Tavares is a guy who every single game, every year is gonna bring it. You're never gonna question that guy for his effort, his intensity, or his his commitment to playing like a solid hockey game offensively and defensively. Obviously, there's nights where he doesn't just have it. But in years past, you'd have those games where you come away like as a Leafs fan, like wanting to pull your hair out because you're watching the flybys and floating and not going into corners and pulling up on races from Nylander and Marner. Not as much from Matthews. He kind of had a little bit more buy-in than they did, but now it's kind of. Across those guys, you're seeing way more buy-in. Like, I'm watching William Nylander go into corner battles and come away with the puck. Not just going in, but, like, he's going in battling winning battles. And I think to an extent that permeates through the rest of the group. Everyone can watch John Tavares do it. It says one thing, but when you watch the next layer of guys, the guys who are like the superstars in terms of points, uh ahead of John Tavares, and you see them blocking shots, Austin Matthews is literally laying on like laying his body on the line blocking shots, taking hits. And you see that start happening, I think it it sends a message to everyone else a little bit more. So I think that's a piece of it. But uh the biggest piece to me is team defense. I think this team as a whole playing defense is very good. Uh, I think that it got kind of put to the wayside last year because everyone was like, oh, Jack Campbell's playing so well. And you're right. Like there were those ridiculous Jack Campbell Vesna conversations and stuff. I-, I do agree. They were ridiculous. But I think that it kind of gets a little bit more emphasized when you see it this year in terms of like, wow, look how good these goalies are whoa what happened with jack campbell well you kind of start to see toronto's defense as a team is actually pretty good and last year they were one of the top teams defensively and i think it's just taken a little bit of a step forward combine that with their top level players playing better defensively as a group those three guys kind of helps everyone else take that step forward i think the biggest thing has nothing to do with their offense or that it's the maturity in their overall hockey game like how they play every night
1: that's fair uh what what sample though are like because it's not a big sample so far right and like we've seen them go on these incredible stretches where they're like you know playing incredible defensive hockey scoring their goals And, like, it's still been, like, a small stretch. And, like, this is, like, classic Leafs to peak in, you know, November, December, and then kind of ride that out throughout the regular season. So, like, what is there reason to think that that's actually going to last and that's going to be different this year come, you know, April?
0: Well, no. Like, I'll I'll just say quickly, sorry, Matt. I just say quickly, like, no. The answer is no to that. Uh, Statistically, there's nothing for me to sit here and, like, support that. Um, Just as someone who watches it, Like night in, night out. I will say that to me, the difference is like I test is they're winning the right way. And that is the cheesiest hockey thing to say in the world. I get it, but they're winning games the right way. Last year, they would have these track meet games and then they go on these stretches and it's like, oh yeah, they're winning a lot of games. This year, it's like, well, you want to play the shutdown game? We can play the shutdown game. You want to track me like in, in in the Calgary game? You want to come from behind battle like we can do that. We won't shut down like it just it has a different vibe when you're watching the game because it feels like they're playing the right way. Like even you come away from a loss sometimes, what like or even in the Tampa one and I walked away from it being like, "Well, we played a good game." So I think there's things to build on. Whereas before, I think a, a little bit of that difference was like Ooh, we probably shouldn't have won that one. And there's those weird things where it's like, how you're not playing right. But it's just an eye test thing. Like it's nothing to support it. It is a small sample size. You're correct.
2: Yeah, the thing is, we're if we're looking for a large sample size, we're just we're never going to get that at this at this time of year, right? We might as well just like shut this whole thing down and come back on like Valentine's Day and start <laughs> the season with actual sort of you know verified opinions, if you will. And and honestly, I hate to sort of <laughs> go to bat for the Toronto Maple Leafs here, but like. Yeah, what's done is done, right? Like, the playoffs of years past, like, that happened. That's not going to change by anything they do, not just in December or October or November, but even next spring, outside of, like, winning the Stanley Cup, right? Like, eventually, probably, they're going to lose. And then whether that's in the first round to a really good team or the third round to a really good team, like, it's all just going to be the same thing. Now, all you can do is you can ask this team or any team to be better than years past, i.e. like be a better quote unquote playoff team or a team more ready to be, you know, functional in the playoffs. So like if they are doing that, like that's kind of all that you can really ask from them right now. And for me, again, as somebody who is not eye testing this because I don't watch every uh, Montreal for Alex. You should watch every Montreal game. (laughs) Well, I just (laughs) know that Alex is like, I'm only watching the Habs the last couple of weeks. (laughs) I mean, Morocco is is in my dreams. By the way, thank you for your service. By the way, Alex, um, for your country, that's uh, very, very good of you. Um, but I only can look at it from a metric standpoint, and I have this team rated way higher than I did uh, of them last season. Now, longer sample size, I imagine that you know, you go on a run where are you what nine zero and one, you're probably coming back to earth here at some point. But from a metric standpoint, like my numbers have them rated way higher than they than I did probably at any point last season so at least they're doing something now is that sort of definable by like this player is in the lineup and he wasn't here last year or this player that player etc like no probably not but i think Zach's making the point where you go yeah if you have learned anything and whether it took them like four or five whatever years to actually learn this stuff like maybe they're finally maturing in that in that core that you know obviously you mentioned Nylander, Marner, Matthews, from a defensive responsibility standpoint, that it isn't all just about getting Austin Matthews a hat trick so that he can make a run at 60 goals. Like, maybe they have figured out that, like, honestly, you can win a game two to one. You don't have to win a game five to four. Now, that's something Mm -hmm. that we have to watch play out. But, like, that's what the games are for here at this point, right? To see whether this team or any other team, it applies to every team. We talk about the Canucks every second week, maybe every week, in the same sort of way, where it's like the pieces... All are pretty good, but they don't necessarily fit together. And that's kind of been the case here with the Leafs from a like playoff hockey standpoint. And maybe they are sort of getting it figured out and getting that playoff hockey sort of standard up. Now, maybe it's maybe they've peaked too early or or all this sort of stuff that we try to kind of used to that's unlike them <laughs> well it's kind of like we just use that to kind of slag the Leafs whenever they play well right it's like well let's see it yeah. when it's the play it's like well I'm sorry we don't have a time machine we can't move up to April just yet so yeah. like just be happy if you're a Leaf fan or upset if you're a Habs fan or literally any other fan of any other team in the entire league um but like you just, we got, just gotta let it play it out. Like I, I'm sorry, like that that I know that's sort of my role every Tuesday to come in here and just be like, sorry guys, we just gotta let it play out, and like that's not all that fun. No, it's like, fair though. But they do have to sort of, you know, all you can ask for them is to learn. Like Alex, you're a big, you know, Minnesota Vikings fan, right? And the and the complaint last year was like, oh man, if this team could just win close games, their record instead of you know whatever it was, seven and ten would be. 11 and six. And it's like, then they win the close games this year. And everybody's like, oh, this team's not as good yeah, as yeah, people it's think. think. It's like, <laughs> it's well, fun. they did what you asked them to do. They won the close games that they yeah. didn't win last year. And yeah. it's the same kind of thing here with the Leafs. So it's like, yeah, it's not as flashy. They're not really as fun to watch in previous years necessarily outside of this like Marner streak thing. That's honestly kind of the only thing to talk about in like a really sort of fun, entertaining, oh, we have to watch this team type uh, play type of way. Like, but yeah, if they're going to learn from it and they're going to change, like they can't win the first round of the playoffs in December. You know, they can only sort of do better and they are doing better, at least by my numbers.
1: They, they just, they were third in expected goals against last year too. So like, it's not, I just, that's why I'm like struggling to somewhat see it. Cause it's like, they did play very good defensive hockey for like long stretches last year.
0: Well, one thing just to kind of close off on it is like, I, I, I really like Jack Campbell. I think, like as a person, he seems like a cool guy. Like he, I'm lo- really embraced Toronto. Cool. I think Jack Sanders. Campbell. <laughs> yes, yes. I think Jack Campbell kind of has the ability to like lose you games. Um, I think. I mean, I've watched Matt Murray enough throughout his in his career to know that like. There's, there could be something around the corner. It's got me a little bit nervous, but like right now, he's not losing games. Uh, that one against Tampa and the overtime wasn't great, but like even Sam Sonov, I was pretty high on coming into the year. I thought he had a chance to be a pretty good goaltender, not having to get screamed at by OV yeah. every <laughs> single game and stuff like, um, as long as these guys can go in there and like not lose you games, I think that it'll kind of help improve that team defense a little bit as well just to like I, backstop yeah. it.
1: I don't have much faith in Matt Murray going forward, but
0: I'm I am quite nervous. Samsonov, I think lie.
1: Samsonov is is a very solid option though. Like I do agree yeah. with that. I think Samsonov's a good option.
0: Yeah, but that's kind of where I was at on it. I did predict ahead of the season Samsonov would be the number one by the end, so we'll see how that plays out. But as all, all says, this being
2: said, by the way, I'm absolutely betting on the Ducks tonight at plus four hundred. Oh, I
0: think you should. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what, what are we doing here? Yeah, like unless
2: yeah. Emilio Estevez is behind the bench for the Ducks, and even if he, especially is, if, he's if he's behind the bench, <laughs> point, right? And if that Charlie kid and the fat kid in net, like if yeah. those guys show up, like I still might be into it. But, like, at plus 400, and you make a good point, Alex, about the plus two and a half, right? Because you always want to be aware yeah. of the empty net goal situation. So, I kind of yeah. think plus one and a half is a sucker's game a lot of times because it's like really you're just kind of hoping for overtime. And at that point, you might as well just take the money line because you're going into essentially a coin flip situation. But yeah, plus two and a half at around even money. I think there's what a minus 110 there. That's yeah. a pretty good bet. Yeah. And then, yeah, at plus 400, like, I'm sorry, you're just obligated to do so. And by the way, I'm still riding the wave off of last Tuesday's plus two sixty Anaheim Ducks win. Uh, that was the yep. best bet uh, for your boy. Yeah, we we're slinging plus plus two sixties while you were gone, Alex. No big yeah, deal. So, <laughs> haven't bet on haven't bet on the Ducks since. So maybe it's a Tuesday Ducks. I don't know. Right? You get a get a three piece of Ducks on a Tuesday for for a tuning.
0: Well, we could lock in plus two and a half here on it if we wanted Let's to do, do that. Let's do it. it in minus one ten. I think we'd we'll be responsible uh, not to. Yeah, I think it's honestly a good bet. Like I, I think there there's a possibility this one is closer than than this is indicating and maybe you even end up with that empty net goal, but then you're at a two goal game by the end of it. Uh all right, enough talk about the Leafs. I know that's what everyone came here for, but unfortunately we can't talk about them for the entire show. The, another game that I was kind of interested in here tonight because it's uh, it's something Matt had pointed out before we got on the show, so I'm interested to hear his thoughts on it, but it's kind of the reaction to players being in and out, and this uh, the Philadelphia Flyers team heading to Colorado to take on the Avalanche tonight. Flyers' best I saw, best number, was plus 200 going up against the Avs, minus 215. Philadelphia is just a very bad team. Um, they're slightly ahead of Anaheim in the in the league standings at this point. Colorado is missing some important pieces here, most notably Nathan McKinnon. But Matt, what is kind of standing out to you in terms of how the market's reacting to some of these guys being out? Like, you're looking at Nathan McKinnon missing this game here tonight. He's going to be missing the next little while. And they're still heavy, heavy favorites against the Philadelphia Flyers.
2: Yeah, for for those who read my stuff over at the score, sort of follow me, like, a lot, especially this point in the season in the NHL, and honestly, most sports, I'm actually more interested in the stuff that happens in the market before the game than I am actually what happens on the ice, right? Because... You know, talkie bounces, all of that sort of thing. And so when McKinnon goes out last week, you go, okay, well, how is this going to affect the number for the Bruins game that was coming up, right? And I had that game lined around to pick them. It looked like that's where we were headed before the McKinnon injury. And then it reopens. And I forget where it ended up closing somewhere along the lines of Bruins, like minus 160, minus 170, something along those lines. Right. And so you go, OK, let's we don't get these opportunities all that often. I mean, I guess McKinnon has missed time or whatever, but especially without Landeskog as well. You go, OK, how does this change their percentage chance of winning this game? Their implied win probability, et cetera. Right. And you can read that off of that money line change. And it was about 11 percent. Now they went out in that game. They got I think they got shut out and they, you know, and they were dominated at, at even strength. And then so you go, Okay, well, what are we going to what are we looking at here for this next game against the Rangers? Rangers game, sure enough, money line change of about 11 percent. And so, okay, like it's pretty clear that Nathan McKinnon in the market to odds makers means 11 percent of win probability, which to me is honestly outside of maybe Connor McDavid. Kind of the highest you're going to find. Now, we'll see if Kale McCarr ever misses time. But, of course, we would need McKinnon to be back and Landeskog to be back to get a really strong idea of kind of where that all lands. But Kale McCarr might be one that's actually higher than Nathan McKinnon, along with McDavid. I'm sitting here kind of looking around going, like, is there any other singular player for one single game that would affect uh, a money line probability As much as McKinnon, because even Austin Matthews, you know, there's other dudes, right? Like we've seen Austin Matthews go out for a game or two, and it's like an eight, 9% type of thing. All that is to say we roll around to Sunday's game against St. Louis, and all of a sudden, it's not 11% anymore. And they've lost two games. So it's not like it was like, oh, yeah, they're going to be fine without Nathan McKinnon because, I mean, just objectively, that sounds kind of crazy or subjectively, that sounds kind of crazy. Um, They almost lose that game. They tie it with, you know, what, five seconds left or whatever. Then they win the game in overtime. And so, yeah, they played pretty well from a five on five standpoint, but they probably should have a three game losing streak coming into this game against Philadelphia. Now, maybe because it's Philadelphia and Philadelphia is just not very good. That it just doesn't seem to matter because the market just is c- kind of ignoring the fact that Nathan McKinnon is out for this game with this price. Because if we had applied this 11% or even, you know, t- do 10%, do 9%, I don't really care. But if you, if you take 9 or to 11% off of the Avalanche price here... They should probably be still favored because Philadelphia is not a very good team. But how do we know that Colorado without like Gabriel Landeskog and without Nathan McKinnon are a particularly good team? So like I would be looking at this number and thinking that we should be we should have the abs at like minus 140, something along those lines. Not because I think that that should be the number, but that's because that's what the market has told us over the course of at least the first two games. Now, I don't know if something happened between that second game that all of a sudden they were just going to turn it around or or, or the forwards are going to, you know, just be better. And that's why it hasn't, you know, it hasn't been reflected in these last two games. So it's just kind of baffling to me. So like at plus 200 for Philadelphia, like I am obligated to bet on that because I know what I think the price should be because what the price has told me. It should be in those first two games. And honestly, through three games, like I said, they should be, you know, three games, you know, three losses in a row. So, yeah, Colorado should be favored. It's Philadelphia. They probably should win the game. But by the way, they just lost to Philadelphia last week in Philadelphia. It's so one it's of not their like- two wins <laughs> in the last like 20 games. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it, but, which is 100% the case and why this number is probably where the number is. But it's like at minus 220, minus 230. Like, Without Nathan McKinnon or Gabriel Landeskog, when you have priced them as home underdogs, again, obviously against better teams, like, how did we get here? Like, is it that that bad for Philadelphia? Because as much as it might be that bad, like, they literally did beat them last week. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that they win again here. So at plus 200, I'm obligated to bet Philadelphia. But just kind of this very strange circumstance where, you know, we we just when a guy gets hurt for like a couple of games and then all of a sudden we forget that that he's out
1: or we don't care because Philadelphia stinks. I don't know. I think the one thing you have to uh, keep an eye out for here though, is that this could be a Felix Sandstrom game just cause hardest started like seven or eight in a row. So that's one thing to be mindful of. Um, they're totally uh, fine, no but in, in
2: one game, is he going to n- n- like negate a ten percent
1: sort of change in in the price? Like, right? He has uh, a Hur- big drop off from Carter Hart, sure. but like maybe not ten percent drop off. That's fair. Yeah, this team's just yeah. been so bad. They've been so bad, and I, they beat Colorado, but they beat them, you know, in Philadelphia. Now you're going on the road, potentially backup goalie situation. I I get, mean, it. It, I get absolutely it. I get be it. The
2: underdog, but I at get plus it. Yeah. And again, I'm just, I'm just, honestly, it's, it's like, I couldn't tell you anything about either team, like beyond sort of the obvious stuff. I'm just looking at the previous games and the way the pricing has changed. And if it only applies to like playing good teams, like the Rangers or the Bruins or like mediocre, theoretically mediocre teams like the blues. Okay, fine. But like, that just doesn't really make a ton of sense to me. Because if you're 10% less likely to win a game, Against a good team, you should be ten percent less likely to win a game against a bad team. Obviously, with a sliding scale from a pricing standpoint.
1: Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Are are we factoring in that Arturi Lekkinen is worth at least seven percent to the points spread? I had line here because he's the one that got away for us.
2: (laughs) That's all in the. That's all in the recipe, my friend. That's all in the recipe. Three three dollops of Arturi Lekkinen.
0: Uh, all right, another game here where actually there's going to be a bunch of guys out of out of lineup, but I feel like we have uh, I think we have maybe a best bet in this game is the Nashville Predators taking on the Edmonton Oilers here tonight. The Predators are four points outside of wild card spot in the West, uh, five wins, five losses in their last ten. But this is a team that has had some interesting injury stuff going on and actually resulted in them having to waive uh, Tolvanen. He ends up getting picked up by Seattle in the waiver wire, but Nashville was pretty confident that he was going to be able to get through and they were going to be able to send him to the minors. Unfortunately for them, they're not able to, so they lose a piece there. But... That's a team that's kind of in one of those weird spots where they might have to make a decision of what they want to be for this year on some of those players that they have there, what kind of direction they might want to go in. And then on the other side, playing against the Edmonton Oilers, who are first in a wild card spot, they're they're four points up, uh, or five points up, I should say, actually, on Nashville here. They're one point ahead of Calgary. They're two points ahead of Colorado in that wild card spot in the West. They were 6 wins, 4 losses in their last 10. They're going up against Nashville here tonight as favorites -125. Nashville best price +121 in this game. I have skepticism about the Oilers, their team, the way that they're built. Um it's the obvious, but that's a very, very top-heavy team. Like, you've got two guys who night in, night out are having to play an extreme amount of minutes. Uh, I had somebody ask me, like, why does Edmonton have to play, or why does Edmonton play McDavid and Dreisaitl on the penalty kill and Toronto doesn't play Matthews on the penalty kill? I was like, well, fair question, but Edmonton has to like Edmonton has to play those guys on the penalty kill because they almost just can't waste time of not having those guys on the ice. Yeah. So outside of those two guys, they're in a very interesting spot, but I think they're probably deserving to be favorites here against Nashville tonight. Alex, is there anything that's like sticking out to you in this game as something that we should be looking out for?
1: Yeah, I mean, I didn't even consider the, the minutes that they're playing as part of this handicap, but it makes sense too, like on a back-to-back, you know, the sort of wear of like playing, you know, 25, 27 minutes and then going and playing the next night. Obviously, the Predators are on a back to back here, too. But they these teams have basically like virtual expected goal shares over the last uh, couple weeks. Um, scoring's obviously been an issue for the Preds, but like the Oilers are a bottom 10 team in the league and chance suppression. And now it's a Jack Campbell game after playing last night. So, you know, that's a big boost to the Preds' offense right now. Um, it's no secret how bad Campbell's been. Like, he's ranks, you know, bottom three in the league and the important metrics like goal-saved above expected, GSAA. Um, so it's also back-to-back for the Preds, so we have to be mindful of that. But I think the, you know, I'm not going to sit here and slander the great name of Yusay Saros because he has a fantastic goalie, but he hasn't had, like, the vintage start to the season. He can, you know, be a bit of a slow starter. He's starting to round into form, but we're going to get Lankin in here um, who's had quite a resurgence this year and, you know, he's actually posted better numbers than Saros. Uh, I you know, he, his, uh, goal saved above expected and GSA are both higher despite playing like less than half the games. And that's obviously meaningful considering those are like counting stats, right? We're not talking about like a pitcher with an ERA of 1.5 and one start. It's like, you know, this is, it's, it's much tougher to accumulate that over such a smaller, uh, sample. So I feel good about backing the Preds with Lankinen. um, He, you know, he hasn't played a home game yet this year either. All seven of his starts have either come on the road or in Europe. So, you know, he's getting rewarded for his good play. He's going to get a home game uh, at Bridgestone. Significant edge between the pipes for the Predators. And, um, you know, two teams that have played basically the same hockey over the last couple of weeks. I think the Preds at, you know, whatever. I mean, I'd play them down to like plus 110. But, you know, if you can get plus 120, plus 122, that's a very good bet in my opinion.
2: I've already made that bet just so every – like. Just to to hammer right. uh, on uh, on Consensus. that nail a little bit. Consensus. Yeah, we've got it. We got it. Which I mean, what could possibly go wrong? Yeah. Both of, of these teams, to me, are disappointing this season. With the Predators being relatively less disappointing, I have them rated honestly right now from just this season. I have the Oilers rated a little bit lower than the Predators, and obviously, you know, you're getting plus money at home with the Predators is kind of a, a no brainer type bet. And if like like Alex said, if you're going to adjust off of Soros to and I just don't know that that's an adjustment in a one-game situation. That's all that
1: necessary. So, whereas yeah, the adjustment from you know Skinner to Campbell is like maybe bigger <laughs> than uh, McKinnon to No McKinnon at this point. Maybe, <laughs> yeah, yeah, honestly. So- <laughs> I
2: just, yeah, I don't know that there's any adjustment for any of these uh, goaltenders, right? This is sort of, again, Soros most of the time, you know, sort of upper echelon goaltender. But, like, by and large, I don't know that there's anything to do with any of these goaltenders in a one-game situation. But that still means Nashville. um, There's some pretty significant uh, value here on Nashville at plus. Uh, I grabbed a plus 117. I wish I'd gotten plus 120. But, I mean, listen, we're talking about pennies at that point. So anything with a plus in front of it is
0: probably good yeah this uh i mean i just looked it up mcdavid 24 40 last night on in minnesota dry sidle oh, 24 minutes and the thing is like it's again it's crazy because it's just that's not like a one night thing like that's not like oh we got to run these guys out there like we're in a close one let's beat minnesota that's like all the 20 time. whatever they're 31 <laughs> games into the year like they've done that 31 times so far to start this season it's it's, it's crazy what those guys are having to do, but it's almost more impressive of what it says about those two guys, the fact that they do that for 82 games and they just don't wear down. But we'll see how that plays out over season after season of having to do that. Another game here tonight. I have a best bet in this one, so I'm going to flip to it real quick uh, in the Panthers Blue Jackets game. Um... I don't really make too much of the game. I, I'm struggling with this Florida team because, I mean, Bobrovsky started to play better a little bit here. He's not Bobrovsky of, like, Jay on Wright on TSN screaming <laughs> Bobrovsky <laughs> every morning anymore. But uh, he's starting to play a little bit better. Not quite at his 10.5 mil valuation, but they're getting some goaltending, they're just having some issues with some of the guys fitting in around. Uh, there are some level of frustration. I mean, you're seeing like Brian Lomberg going nuts and hitting guys from behind in the game against Seattle the other night and like losing his mind. And Paul Maurice is not necessarily had the greatest start there. I think that team should be better, but it's also you lost some big pieces. You traded away a bunch of big pieces and some of that is going to be hard to adjust around. I am going to go with a Florida player here tonight. I'm going to go Sam Bennett, anytime goal scorer at plus 210. He's playing on the second line with Matthew Kachuk, who has had a very good start to this season. And a lot of it is kind of just it's that like, well, I think that it should happen kind of uh, kind of vibe around it. You're looking at his expected goals. uh, He's about He's got like five or six more expected goals than he's actually scored on the season, which doesn't say everything about the guy. But when you're playing on a second line with a guy who actually is contributing and you're getting some special teams time, I think that that's kind of bound to turn around. And that plus 210, I think that that's a pretty good number on that one. But I don't have any other looks at the game itself. That's my that's just Merzlikens um, has been that. terrible, too.
2: Yeah. yeah. I've got, I've got Florida in regulation here. Um, my numbers say that a buy price on Florida is minus 300, but as a personal objection, I'm not laying minus 300 in an NHL game in the mid, in mid December. And I certainly, if I did, I wouldn't be doing so with the sort of fingers crossed that like we get bailed out in overtime. We've talked about this before. If you've got, if you, as long as you show value on a team, like, yeah, minus 300 is theoretically a bet, but I don't want to do that. Instead, I'm going to go in regulation because, again, the plan isn't to go to overtime and sort of hope the coin flips my way here on, you know, a 75% sort of win probability type deal. Um, so, yeah, minus 180 my price on uh, on an in regulation
0: Panthers uh, victory here. All right, we'll lock those in on the uh BetSamp app. You can find us as Edgework on there. And uh last game we'll get to the Buffalo Sabres taking on the LA Kings. This one is an interesting one as well. Buffalo has uh been underwhelming so far to start this season, and they're an exciting, they're a fun team to watch. They're a team that I never really thought I would say, but if they're on TV, I'm definitely gonna turn it on to see what's going on, on there. Maybe watch you the get to see. Show. Yeah, exactly. Tage Thompson, the greatest American goal scorer of all time, score like six, <laughs> seven goals in a game potentially. Um, I'm just messing around, but yeah, actually, <laughs> yeah. He is he has incredible to watch. It is a lot of fun. But in this one, you're basically sitting at a pick'em between these two teams. La third in the Pacific, Pacific. Excuse me, they're slowing down a little bit. Uh, part of that is because they don't have the goaltending; like they just don't have it goaltending is a huge huge issue for a lot of teams around the league you're looking at even like seattle who they're tied with in in the pacific division seattle i think is basically sitting there like well we've got martin jones and grubauer we're paying all this money to grubauer and martin jones has been the guy and now all of a sudden martin jones is turning back into martin jones a little bit so they're in a bit of a panic spot on that because their team's so good ahead of them but LA 4 wins, 6 losses in their last 10. Buffalo 5 wins, 5 losses in their last 10. Moretto, what do you kind of make of this game here tonight?
1: Yeah, so not not necessarily as big a bet as uh as the Predators, but maybe like a half unit play. Um I like the Sabers here. I think that you generally know what you're going to get from them this season. Um, outside of that bad losing streak, if you look at their schedule, they've basically beaten the teams they should beat and lost to the teams they should lose to. Uh, I think the Kings fall into the category right now based on how they're playing of a team the Sabres should beat at home with the Kings in the middle of this like tough Eastern road trip. Uh, since that losing streak, you know, the Sabres have been a little bit above the middle of the pack and expected goal share over the last three weeks. The Kings are uh, 19th in you know over that same 10 game span so yeah i think that this is just a little bit of a good spot to back the sabers uh minus 105 on cool bet looks good to me i think that's a uh this is solid play
2: i'll tell you what all you need to know about this game for me is i'm supposed to bet the kings but there is a giant hole in my spreadsheet where a king's bet isn't right now because <laughs> again like We've dealt with this. You know, Alex missed out on uh, history being made a couple of weeks ago, and I was the first person to ever on the Hammer Network or anywhere else, frankly, give out a bet, have the team that you bet on score eight goals and lose the bet. So, again, that's a plaque that's hanging up behind me somewhere. Um, so and then on Sunday, I bet on the Kings again against the Blue Jackets and you know, wasn't super locked into that game flipped over late and of course it's what four four five five i was just like does this team have any goaltending whatsoever <laughs> yeah and john quick's in the net i'm like did he start in the net is he back in the net did they make three goaltending changes in this game already <laughs> so like king the kings you know for a team that is like allegedly good or decent or mediocre because of the goaltending it's just like i'm gonna wait to sort of see where this ends up and yeah like if we end up getting into like plus territory with the kings I'm probably just going to have to bet it on sort of principle, but I completely understand it. Like the Sabres are probably going to score six goals tonight against the Kings. And I'll just be sitting there going like, what is the deal with this team? But yeah, I'm supposed to, but I am not at least not yet.
1: It brings up that interesting, like I know we're way over here, so I'll make this very quick, but it brings up that interesting point of like, how quick should you be to react to some of these things, like small sample sizes, but like, Sometimes you have to react quicker, and then that's the only way you're going to sort of beat the market and get those edges before the market's able to sort of react. And yeah, with the Kings goaltending situation right now and just defensive play in general, I think that we have to be a little bit quicker to react until we see a correction.
0: Yeah. Right, just quick story before we go on the goaltending. When I was in university, I was playing essentially intramural hockey, and we couldn't find a goalie for our team, so we put out like a Facebook post and this guy responded. Nicest guy ever. Showed up to every single game. He was from Winnipeg, actually, um, but slowest glove hand I've ever seen. Basically, the puck would go in the net, and then he would react to it. The Matt Murray glove. And the, the Matt Murray, It was the Matt Murray glove, and it I'm was really like, sure it wasn't Matt Murray. <laughs> yeah. um, it, it was like he had played with us the first year. wasn't great. Was coming the second year, and uh, one day on, I see him on campus, and He's wearing glasses, and I've never seen him wear glasses before. And I was like talking to him, whatever. And I was like, "Oh, do you always wear glasses?" And he goes, "Yeah, I just, uh, I just don't like them playing hockey. They fog up a little (laughs) bit." And I was like, "Do you have contacts?" He goes, "Nope." And I'm like, "Well, there you go. (laughs) Like that would be that, but uh, it's just." goalies man is jonathan quirky, quick quirky let's individuals him, let's
2: get him to an optometrist <laughs> that is also yeah. the facebook experience
1: right there
0: yes yes <laughs> like you're gonna find a facebook goalie that's yeah. what you're probably in for at that point but well unless sax
2: commented guy. on uh, on something that would be the that would be the premiere
0: yeah. <laughs> yes <yeah. laughs> why didn't
2: you save more pucks jerry <laughs>
0: <laughs> But <laughs> all right there you have it. If you want to see our best bets from today, you can go over to the Bet Stamp app, f- click the Find Betters button. You can find us there as Edgework. You can also find us on Twitter at EdgeworkShow, and you can find us on YouTube at Edgework. You can find this podcast after the fact as well on all podcasting platforms as I have mentioned here, as Edgework as well, so you can find it after the live show. But if you want to watch it, you want to see the screen in real time as things are coming up, go over to our YouTube channel, click subscribe, click that bell, turn on notifications, and as well, like the stream. Thank you to everyone who tuned in here today. Greatly appreciate it. Uh, I will be back on Thursday, but Alex, Matt, thank you guys so much. I will see you back next Tuesday.